Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. And before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area. That's going to be from Wheat Ridge up to Erie. And for a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off of a $50 purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 purchase. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. It'll work crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I'm your host, Jesse Montano. I am joined alongside AJ Haefeli. AJ, are you staying warm? Are you staying dry? Um, warm, yeah. I, it's it's really not cold outside, man. Uh, when I was at practice, I had the appropriate amount of layers on so that when I had to scrape the snow off my car after practice, I wasn't cold at all. It wasn't a big deal, even a little bit. It's why it's not sticking to the road and why it's it it looks a million times worse than it actually is out there. Yeah, I still don't. Uh, I'm still not a fan. Still, I mean, if you don't if you don't have to go out in the snow, you shouldn't. Right. Like just just don't. Well, you will be out in the snow this afternoon as you will be heading up to Loveland to cover. Tyson Jost and the Colorado Eagles tonight. I know you're looking forward to it. We, um, <clears throat> it's been tough. We haven't been able to get up there as much as, as we thought we were maybe going to at the beginning of the year, but I know you're looking forward to it, and we're going to bring some, uh, some really great coverage. I mean, I always bring the pain. That's right. <clears throat> Word. Right. <laughs> anyway, so we are uh, – yesterday was an off day. The Avs sent down Tyson Joe, so there was a bit of news. But today from practice, it was kind of status quo. So what you and I are going to do, we try to do this every so often. We're going to take a look around the league. We're going to see what everyone else is doing, how everyone else is stacking up, maybe what some thought processes might be as we approach the trade deadline. We are about four weeks out right now. Are we? Yeah, just about February 25th. So four weeks and some change. Yeah. Four weeks in a couple days. Yeah, so you uh, right, sir. You right. <laughs> uh, you may, you're making me second guess myself, bruh. I mean, that's what I do. I know. I just make people uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump right into it, eh? Um, hey, hey, do it. I, I always, I always love when you're around and I say that because someone will go, "What are you Canadian?" And you're always the first to jump in and go, "Well, we spend a lot of time around them." <laughs> we spend an enormous amount of time around Canadians and that's just, you know, that's part of our lexicon. Yeah. If it's not part of yours, then you're a baddie and shut up. Mm-hmm. Preach brother. Uh! Preach. Western conference. <clears throat> AJ, this has been a really, really weird year for the West. The beginning yeah. of the season, it looked like the Central was once again going to be dominating the, the conference and, and kind of start to run away with it. And then in the last month, I don't really know what has happened to the not just the Avs, a lot of teams in the West. No one is, is really moving in either direction, <clears throat> up or down. The Avs are in third place in the Central Division right now. That gives you a good idea. You know, the Avs have the worst record in the NHL since December 8th, and they sit mm. in third place in the Central. Mm. Any one of the teams, I take that back, that's not true anymore. Winnipeg has won four in a row. But just a few days ago, any one of the teams in the Pacific Division would have been in first place in the Central it was, you know, San Jose struggled at the start of the year. Vegas looked like, okay, here's the Vegas we were expecting. Edmonton is Edmonton. 
you know, Vancouver and, and, and Anaheim, we kind of expected that regression. So the, the, the Pacific has been the, the Pacific and the central. It's, it's been a really weird dynamic this year. What do you make of the way that, that things currently sit right now in the West? I mean, what a disaster. Mm-hmm. Colorado spent a month losing games. Uh, Anaheim has been losing so much lately that they are in the weird process of reshaping their AHL roster. Um, I mean, St. Louis has crawled back into, into relevance. Um, Chicago's last in the West, and they're eight points out of a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that's weird. No, it's. <laughs> I mean, all these all these teams. Uh, I know if Adrian were here, he would disagree with me. But all these teams are losing teams. The Abs have won twenty one games out of forty seven, and they're in a playoff spot. Um, Dallas w- has won twenty three out of forty eight. There, I mean, these are all teams that are that have <laughs> lost more than they've won this year. Well, so I'm going to list off the last ten games for the Avalanche. The two wildcard teams and everyone chasing. These are the last 10. Avalanche, 2-6-2. Two, and two. Dallas, 4-5-1. and one. Minnesota, 5-5. Five and five. Edmonton, 5-5. Five and five. Anaheim, 1-5-4. Vancouver, 4-4-2. Four, four St. Louis, 5-4-1. Arizona, 5-4-1. LA, 4-5-1. Chicago, 3-4-3. Three, three. Nobody's winning. You, you look at the top of the Pacific, and, and those teams are going through some nice stretches. Uh, yeah, the, the, those three teams uh, and Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess Nashville ha- has regained form a little bit. A little bit. A little and bit. And that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, even Nashville is, is six and four. It's just that two of them have come in overtime, so it doesn't look as bad. Right. Yeah. So it's it's there's there's a real lack of winning going on right now in in the Western Conference, which has has helped the Abs. Let's be completely honest. The Abs are extremely fortunate they haven't sunk to the bottom of the Western Conference, and they still have a chance to get back in it. Let's talk uh, Dallas and Minnesota. Those are the two teams that are really nipping at uh, at Colorado's heels here. Dallas, Jim Montgomery seems really, really frustrated with a, with a team that sits in a playoff spot. Now, they've lost their last four. They lost last night to L.A. 2-1 to one in, well, they suck. in regulation. So He should be frustrated. They suck, dude. Like, that's not a good hockey team. No. I, I, I have been saying that Dallas is not that good for the last three years. I mean, you want to talk about a one-line team, and that one line's not even that good, man. Right. Like, Sagan has 43 points in 48 games. Radulov has 40 points in 38 games. P.S., I was super right. Radulov is still a player. Uh, Jamie Benn has 33 points in 47 games. Jamie Benn is only a couple points better than Carl Soderberg is. Mm-hmm. You know, John John Klingberg, uh, 23 points in 30 games. Like, he's, he's rocking and rolling like he normally does. He's there, Tyson Berry. And then you have Jason Spezza has 21 points. He's Alex Kerfoot. Miro Heiskanen is their real revelation with 20 points in 48 games. And then it's just a bunch of dudes after that. Mm -hmm. Like, they're they're a bad one-line team. Yeah. Yeah. They're a bad one-line team, and the only reason that they're relevant is that Ben Bishop has a 921 save percentage, and Anton Kudobin has a 923 save percentage. If you swapped Colorado and Dallas's goaltending, and I can't believe I'm saying this, <laughs> if you swapped their goaltending, Colorado is right up there with Nashville and Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and to me, the the to your point, the the hilarious part about that is, I think Dallas's weakest part of their roster. Is is goaltending? Obviously, they're they're playing above that this year. But coming into the season, I would have said, yeah, that's where they that's where they struggle the most. I think it's I think it's their forwards. Their forwards suck. Like I like Roddick Foxa. Roddick Foxa was a guy that I thought was uh, Selkie worthy last year. He was very 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 good defensively, and that's valuable. 
but that's a guy that they used a, a high first round pick on. You know, he's kind of their Tyson Jost equivalent where offensively, he's never really done anything. Mm-hmm. He's got 16 points this year. He's not on pace to do anything again. And his defensive game has dropped off a ton. And it's like, okay, where, where's, where's the, where, where's it coming from? Jason Dickinson's a former first round pick. He's got 11 points in 35 games. Like he's not, he's not much of a player. Essa Lindell's actually sneaky, terrible. I was just looking at a bunch of these numbers the other day. So it's funny. We're talking about (laughs) this, but like Essa Lindell has been on the ice for a jajillion goals against this year. It's been crazy. And for all the abs fans who have been lamenting the fact that the abs signed Matt Calvert and let Blake Como go, Blake Como has seven points. Mm -hmm. Like that dude, that dude's on a, disaster train Valerie Nichushkin you know how many goals Valerie Nichushkin has former first round pick Valerie Nichushkin guess how many goals he has this year five we'll try again <laughs> higher or lower lower oh boy <laughs> uh I'll, I'll I'll take the uh, low-hanging fruit here and I'll say zero. Zero. he's got zero goals in 37 games played and he has seven assists Man. Yeah. Whoops. It's um That's a bad hockey team, dude. Like that's their forward core is legitimately terrible. Yeah, which is funny because that's a team that went way out of their way to build around nothing but forwards a couple of years right. ago. That was all they were doing. They were I mean, remember they they spent uh a bunch of money. They they traded for Jason Spezza. Uh, who's an expiring UFA at seven and a half million dollars? Mm-hmm. They signed, re-signed Jamie Benton a nine and a half million dollar contract, which all of a sudden is looking like a huge albatross, which makes me feel good because I totally called that one. Tyler Sagan's a nice player, but he's now got a contract just under ten million dollars, where he's nowhere even close to worth that. Valerie Nichushkin and his zero goals assigned for another year at just under three million. He's got he's got basically Matt Calvert's contract, and he wishes he had Matt Calvert's production. <laughs> they're, yeah. Dude, they're and they've got nothing coming. Like right. Miro Heiskinen was it. Like he was like their big piece that was on the way because they, you know, they Jason Robertson, Dennis Gurionov, and Ty Delandria, who they just drafted, are like their top guys, their top forward guys. And Gurionov has shown that he can't play. Um, Delandria is still in the OHL, so we have no idea. And the same is true of uh, Robertson. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just don't know who those guys are yet because they're still in juniors. Right. Right. You know, know. um, it looks like they had a huge steal in Colton Point, um, uh, the the goaltender who they drafted in the fifth round a couple of years ago, who had a great career uh, at Colgate, and he goes to the AHL this year and he makes Spencer Martin look like he's all world. Uh, like I, they're awful, dude. Like they're the the organization top to bottom might be the most overrated organization in all of hockey. Every year, Jim Dill gets. Tons of accolades for the great work that he does. Oh, Jim Nell, he's building this powerhouse in Dallas. Oh, I love the summer Dallas had. Dallas sucks. Something tells me you have a lot of thoughts and feelings about Dallas. It's It's been years of this. And so for, for them to be this bad and to still be in a playoff spot, just like Colorado spent a month and a half losing games. And they're sitting in third place in their division. The West blows. It I is will. a, it's just bad. It's two good teams in the Central, three good teams in the Pacific, and then a wasteland. So let's talk. Let's briefly because we uh, went a little long on the Dallas Stars. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. No, I I completely agree with you. I I'm I'm right there with you on on every point. Minnesota Wild made a really, really puzzling trade yesterday. They send Nino Niederreiter to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Victor Rask. Can you figure out why they did this? 
Uh, yeah, because uh, they bought out Tyler Ennis and then decided what's the best way to recreate that contract <laughs> and then add years to it. Mm-hmm. That's as close as, and hey, they saved a little bit of money. Uh, they saved about a million and a half per year. But now they've got three more years, and Victor Rask is only 25. So you can, you can totally talk yourself into, oh, he'll bounce back. Mm-hmm. He'll be fine. Right. He'll he'll totally go back to being the 40 guy, 40 point guy he was the last couple of years with Carolina. Uh I mean even last year, hey, he had 30 points for Carolina. That's not a bad player, right? I mean for four for 4 million dollars a year, you're hoping for a little bit more. Uh he has 6 points this year and he hasn't been healthy. But you know, it's fine. Yeah, I mean he only has a no trade clause that kicks in in the next couple of years. <laughs> that won't be a disaster at all. Last team I want to ask you about specifically San Jose. Why would you get worse? That trade, I I can't find anyone that can make heads or tails of of what Minnesota. You save money. That's it. Like you save money, but they go from a winger who's. I mean, I don't like to give Nino Niederreiter any credit, but he's two years removed from a fifty-seven point season, which was probably his high water mark in the NHL. But there's a guy with multiple 20-goal seasons in the NHL under his under his belt. Mm-hmm. And his analytics and his underlying numbers have always been excellent. He just needs a center that can kind of help him out. And so a team that doesn't have centers gave one up to go get him. I For me, it makes sense from Carolina's standpoint. He's signed long-term to a little bit over $5 million. They're probably going to have to move on from Michael Furland at the deadline. So they essentially replace Furland with Niederreiter, and he's cost-controlled for the next few years at a price they're familiar with and comfortable with. And that makes a lot of sense for Carolina. For Minnesota, they got the worst player at a position they don't necessarily need help at because Charlie Coyle has been really good at the center spot for them this year. And, uh, you know, you've also got Koivu and Eric Stahl. So where's Victor Rask going to play for you? What's what, which, which spot does he take? Right. You know, if I guess if Miko Koivu is going to retire, then okay, there's a spot there. But if he doesn't, what do you do? Because Charlie Coyle's finally good. And now what? You just replaced him? <laughs> I, I just, I don't understand where Minnesota gets any better because it doesn't make them immediately better. It's not a position of major need. And even if it was, Victor Rask sucks. So I'm really confused here as to what the plan is. And it's it's funny to me because all these people were so hyped on some of their young guys, uh, like Jordan Greenway. And Jordan Greenway, you know, still finding still finding his way in the NHL. Hasn't really hasn't really gotten there yet. Luke Cunning hasn't really gotten there yet. Uh Joel Erickson Eck, not very good. Like this, they've they've kind of gone the route of Dallas here, where they've blown a bunch of picks on guys that aren't panning out in the NHL, and they've got a really expensive top end of the roster, and they're getting older every day. Mm-hmm. And what are they gonna do? I'm I'm I I know they're missing Matt Dumba, and that really hurts them because he's really coming to his own as a legit player. But I mean that they suck too. <laughs> like they're not any good either. Last team I want to talk to you about before we go to a. Quick break is the San Jose Sharks. Looked like they made a huge mistake at the beginning of the season by giving up all they did for Eric Carlson as he was not playing well. They were not playing well. Both of those things have been turned around. Eric Carlson is playing great, and San Jose is now challenging for the top of the Pacific Division. What do you think happens with San Jose here in the back half of the season, and what do you think happens with Eric Carlson heading into to unrestricted free agency? Um, I think San Jose, I think they're going to run away with that division. Um, well, I don't want to say run away with it. I think they're going to, I mean, they're, they're in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be, a, a an interesting, I think they ultimately, they, they're the best team out of those three that are involved. Um, but it's funny because all three of them now have goaltending questions and it looks like Calgary's got the most consistent answer with big save Dave, which where did that come right. from? So, although I liked Riddich last year, um, but 
seeing, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury has more or less reverted to what he has been for most of his career, which is a solid but unspectacular starting goaltender. Um, you know, San Jose is still still dealing with the what have they done with Martin Jones and signing that guy for a million years. Martin Jones has been worse than Barley has been this year. So, you know, and it looked like last year maybe Aaron Dell was the answer. Aaron Dell has been worse than Grubauer. So their goaltending is kind of iffy. Um, I just don't – I don't feel like come playoff time, each one of those teams, Calgary, San Jose, and Vegas, like they've got holes. But I like San Jose the best. They've got the top-end talent. They've got the depth. Uh, it's really going to come down to which goaltender, which team gets the most consistent goaltending. Uh, Eric Carlson, I think, bolts after the year uh, because, as I mentioned to you uh, off-air before we started, if I'm looking – if I'm Eric Carlson and I'm looking at San Jose's roster, I'm saying – you're the LA Kings two years ago, uh, and I don't want to be a part of that. I'm not going to sign up for seven or eight years of that. Right. Um, he needs to test that market. He needs to go get wooed by a bunch of sexy teams out there that are looking for his services, uh, especially in the Rocky Mountains. So <laughs> let's say a quick break. huh? When we come sure. back, we're going to take a look at the East BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back the biggest benefits of cbd are our cognitive our neuroprotection neuroregeneration anti-inflammatory and then a lot of the most common situations that that people are taking it are for pain that is arthur jaffe a former cu buffs football player and founder of elixinol a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. Segment number two here, BSN Avalanche podcast. Hey guys, before we start this segment, I, I actually want to tell you, if you haven't subscribed for BSN uh, to BSN Denver yet, now is a great time to do it. And when you subscribe, use the promo code BSN2019. You're going to get a one-year subscription for only $29.99. And you are going to get a, uh, a, a gift card, a gift code that you can redeem for 50% off at the BSN Denver Locker, so you can get one of the three-handed monster shirts, the the McKinnon NHL '94 shirts. You can, I mean, you can do anything. The Philip Lindsay shirts. Promo code BSN2019 is going to get you a one-year subscription for $29.99. You are also going to get 50% off at the BSN Denver Locker. AJ, we talked Western Conference in the first segment. Basically, what we've decided is, hey, there's five good teams, and there's a bunch of teams that don't know what they're doing right now. Eastern it's, a bunch, it's a bunch of teams trying to find themselves. It's like right. the most existential crisis season of all time. <sighs> it's worked out well for the abs. Uh, it has. I mean, uh, the Bedner's presser today, that's that's exactly what he said. Is He said, we're very lucky to be where we are. In no other season uh, could, we, could we be getting away with this right now. Like, right now, an 85-point season gets you into the playoffs in the West. That's insane when you think about the abs had to win game 82 last year to get to 95 points to get in. Right. Crazy pants. Eastern Conference. This is, I mean, this this has been an interesting year for the NHL just in general. Yeah. Tampa Bay is, I mean, they should just give them their own division, their own conference, because they are hell and gone from anybody else in the NHL. They are uh, let's see here. They're, they're nine points up on the next closest team, which would be Calgary. Um, they have a 14-point lead in the Eastern Conference. Toronto. <sighs> Hong Kong. Toronto 
has, has, I mean, obviously not the same type of futility as the Avs recently, but I mean, they've been unspectacular recently. They've been average. Pittsburgh has been in the playoffs, out of the playoffs, way in the playoffs, way out of the playoffs. And, and, and they're now holding down the second wildcard spot. You got Buffalo who rattled off 10 straight wins earlier and, and the fans of the Sabres were planning the parade. They are now on the outside looking in. And the one that everyone cares about, the Ottawa Senators, sit at the very, very bottom of the Eastern Conference. The one team I didn't mention is the one that I want to talk about, Columbus Blue Jackets. Man, are they... I don't know if there's any GM in the league that is envious of the situation the Blue Jackets are in. As they... Well, let me explain why. They right now sit at the top of the Metropolitan Division with 59 points. Don't your help. starting goaltender and and probably your best player have said they're most likely not coming back next year. <clears throat> yep. What do you do if you're Columbus going into the deadline? Your, your starting uh, goaltender who has multiple Vesnas under his belt, by the way, and and your best player... Aren't yeah. aren't coming back. So do you do you say I know we're in a great position standings wise, but we've got to move on. We have to get something for these guys, or do you say we're going to fully go for it and hope that that'll persuade one or both of them to stay? That I think the way they are going to look at it is uh, Panarin and Bobrovsky are their two big deadline moves. You think so? Yeah, and I think they're going to hold on to both of them. And I think they are uh, going to just go for it. Straight up. Risky. It's a it's a weird spot to be in. It's a tough spot to be in. Um, but life is hard and ultimately everything is meaningless. So Jeez. go for it. Why not, man? Be bold and mighty forces will come to your aid. Of those two, which do you think would be more likely for them to potentially move on from? Oh, Bobrovsky. Think so. Oh, easily because he's played by far the worst of the two. He's uh, he's got almost identical numbers to uh, Corpusalo, so they that I mean almost identical. Seriously, uh, they each have a two point nine four goals against average, which is a terrible stat anyway. But who cares? Um, save percentage is nine hundred three to nine hundred two. Yeah. Why not move on from Bob at that point? No, you're and uh, given given Bobrovsky's playoff history. Why not? Why not see what Corpusalo does? Maybe the guy lights up on under under the big stage, and you know you get a Yaro Halak first round out of him, and you win a round, and Artemi Panarin falls in love and says, "Yolo, let's do this again." Mm-hmm. He won't because he's going to be a Ranger, but that's okay. Go for it. Which is all. I mean. Is that is it literally just the fact that it's New York? Uh, I honestly don't know what the appeal is, but every single person that I have talked to about the Panarin thinks believes he's going to the Rangers. So, and that's that's so weird. Yeah, that's a that's a weird destination for a, a high profile player like that to. Uh... Well, I mean, like the Rangers have always been that destination because one, they're willing to shell out the dough. And it's super high profile. You can make a lot of extra dough in New York just by being a Ranger. You know, you have the big city experience. You have different kinds of sponsorship opportunities. It's just a different world. You know, you're not you're not going to be slinging local pizza on you know on on like cable television like you are in some of the smaller markets as your sponsorship opportunity. You know, you can make some real cash up there doing different things, uh, being being the face of the Rangers. So it's it makes sense, but the big question that everybody asks is, does it make sense for a rebuilding Rangers team? Right. So, and especially because he's a wing and he's not a center. Yeah, he's an elite wing, but ain't nobody's ever won anything building around an elite winger. Hey, not true anymore. That is not so, true anymore. Why? Do not disrespect Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals like that. Okay, they've got... Kuznetsov and Backstrom down the middle. Yeah, but who did they build the entire franchise around? Right, but they've got Backstrom's arguably a Hall of Famer in his own right down arguably? the middle. So it's are, he yeah. should be a Hall of Famer. He 
it's I used to feel that way too, and then I did a little bit more digging, and uh, maybe I th- I think he he has to keep it up. Well, yeah, obviously. Like it's not like if if Ovechkin's career ended today, he's a slant. Like you're not even having that conversation. If yeah. Backstrom's career ended today, you would be a little iffier. But my point is, is that he's always had. I mean. Washington has an elite center. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, they have another one in Kuznetsov, who I don't know if he's necessarily a Hall of Fame guy. Probably not. But the guy had 32 points in 24 playoff games. Like He was probably a, a, as good a candidate for uh, the, uh, the, the playoff MVP that's totally uh, escaping my mind, whatever they call it. Um. What so it's it called con Smythe. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The con Smythe, <laughs> like both of us go brain dead on it. Um, yeah. So the con Smythe, like, so my point is, is that it took two elite centers for Ovi, Ovi to get there. So, but they still, you know, they built the organization around him. Right. But they also had elite centers and they weren't, they never won anything without those guys. So right. anyway, point is, if you were going to you, the Rangers don't have a Backstrom and a Kuznetsov. Right. So if they go out and they sign a Panera, they've got the Panarin, but they don't have the guys down the middle. You know, they're hoping that Filipito and Lias Anderson become those guys. Lias Anderson's on his way to being a bust, in my opinion. And Filipito is really good, uh, but he's not there yet. Like, I really like him as a prospect, but he's he's nowhere near ready yet. He's not there. Mm-hmm. Um. And he may never get to that level, to that elite level. They they need another guy down the middle. So uh, maybe another year or two of, of high draft picks and, and building and all that because they still have a long way to go. But they've got a lot of talent on the way, and you really, I really like what they're doing. I don't know that Artemi Panarin, though, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's a weird spot for them to be in. So um, not as weird as Columbus, obviously, which is what we were supposed to be talking about. Sorry. Well, no, I mean, that, um, that, that is all. Really- I'm all hyped up on caffeine. So I'm very <laughs> go, 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 go today. Uh, two other teams I want to ask you about quickly. What are your thoughts on the Toronto Maple Leafs? Dude, they're good. Like, that's a really good hockey team. Um, the, the fans need to ease up on Jay Gardner. He's good. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, I think Jay Gardner is probably better than Tyson Berry. I'd probably take Gardner over him at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a pending UFA, and I, I'm honestly curious what's going to happen with that, wh- who's in the market for that kind of free agency. Um, I like Toronto, man. I don't think they have the defense to win a cup. Um, that was my next question. Austin, Austin Matthews is really interesting because he's so good. But he also has these really, he has a really strange tendency to just disappear. Mm -hmm. Like, did you notice him in the game against the Avs? Nope. I mean, he had two assists in that game. And I didn't notice him at all. Right. No, I agree. You know, he just, for me, he just tends to just drift through some games. And. Like, how often do we say that about Nathan McKinnon? Uh, I think like, you say that more like about maybe, like, specific shifts more so than entire games with Nathan McKinnon. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, but, like, with McKinnon, like, maybe two games a month, you feel like we could have gotten a better effort out of him. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like, that dude's there. Yeah. And with with Matthews, you know, I watched, I watched Toronto a decent amount. And I just feel like he just kind of works his way through some games where he just, he's not totally engaged. That's a dude. And I hate using this phrase because I, 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 I don't think it's fair to, to certain players or not to certain players, to all players. I don't think it's fair. Cause I don't think it's, it's true. But I mean, there are a lot of instances where Austin Matthews to me, and I feel the same way about Jack Eichel, by the way, just their body language and watch them on the ice. Sometimes they seem like I'm too good for everyone else on, on my team and I'm annoyed by it. They just, <laughs> there seems to be this like diva. Um, I'm better than everyone else. And I know I'm better than everyone else. And so if it's not going exactly my way, I'm, I'm annoyed and I'm just going to float. 
And and again, I, I don't like saying that because obviously these guys aren't like that. They're out there giving 200% on almost every shift. This is their job. This is, you know, so I, I, I don't like when I hear people say, oh, Nathan McKinnon, he just doesn't care. Of course he cares. Of course they all care. Yeah. But that's just, it's, that's the way that Austin Matthews, that's the way his play looks to me sometimes. Just backing your point of, he's just kind of there some games. Yeah. And the games he's not, like, uh, the, the games where he's, I mean, he dominates games. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely dominates games. And I feel the same way about Jack Eichel, where, I mean, when Eichel's in, totally engaged and he's there, dude, he, there are not many players in the NHL better than Jack Eichel. But he has, again, a, I think I totally agree with you. There's a tendency to drift. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, those are two special players. Uh, if if NHLers were allowed to go to the Olympics, they would probably be the top two centers on the on the American team. Right. Which how fun would that be? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I I just think that um, uh, and you know Buffalo's been interesting because you remember when they were leading that division and now they're not even in the playoffs anymore, right? Right. Uh, because they're going through a kind of stretch where co- that Colorado's going through, except they're getting punished for it, um, <laughs> uh, because all the teams around them uh are are actually winning. Uh, I would like to uh, take a moment to gloat just real quick because uh, the Islanders are in the playoffs right now and as are the Canadiens. And those are two teams that a lot of people tried to convince me were easy bottom five teams going into the season. And I pushed back against that and said, I think those are two pretty solid teams. I did not think the Islanders were going to be quite this good, but they're also on an insane hot streak right now. So let's see what happens when that slows down because it will. Mm-hmm. But well, the Islanders, that's an easy, solid one. that's an easy one to see why. Uh, it's easy to see why people thought that of, of the Isles with the way that the off season went. Yeah, but you also get one of the best head coaches in the NHL in Barry Trotz. You get one of the best uh, uh, goaltending coaches that came with him in Mitch Korn. And you sign a bounce-back guy in Robin Leonard. And look what happens. Robin Leonard is all of a sudden an elite caliber starter. Right. <laughs> like, you put, a, you put a great defensive coach that has gotten good goaltending his entire career because, you know, that's part of the Barry Trotz deal is that goalies play well. Uh, behind behind his teams, then you get one of the best goaltending coaches out there, and you get a really talented guy like Leonard. It's not hard to see why they've gone from a super elite offensive team uh, to to the the group that they are this year, where they've taken a step back offensively, but they're still good, they're still producing, and uh, they've just given up a way lower number of goals than they did last year. Last team real quick, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, this, that's kind of, yeah, that's just kind of the thing with them is, is they're, they're good. Then they're not good. Then it's all right. Maybe they need to start retooling this. And then it's, Oh, actually hold on. They might hang on to everyone uh, for, you know, to try to go after another cup. What do you make uh, of the Pittsburgh Penguins? I think they'll make the playoffs because I think there are eight legit teams out East. Um, I don't believe in Buffalo or Carolina playing well enough to surpass Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. uh, in an eight and 82 game season, which is what they're in. (laughs) So, um, you know, and, and then you get beyond that and it's like the Rangers and the devils. And I don't, I don't think those teams are anywhere near good enough to, to make it happen. Also, Holy smokes are the devil's bad on the road. Five seventeen and three. Wow! Oh, what? That is bad. <laughs> like, dude, Ottawa's the only other one that's in that same ca- category. They're six fifteen and one. Five seventeen. Five seventeen. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. Uh, the pens. You know, the pens are always going to be there because they've got the elite talent uh, at the top. Right. You know they've. Obviously, Crosby, Malkin, Kessel are uh, all Hall of Fame guys. Uh, Jake Gensel's real good. Chris Letang is real good. Uh, Patrick Hornquist is is solid. 
Brian Rust just turned himself into a nice NHLer. Uh, Dominic Simon is getting the Crosby bump. So, um, you know, some solid guys. And then after that, you have some, you have some, you know, Derek Broussard won't be there much longer. He'll, he'll be on the move. Tanner Pearson has fit in very nicely since coming over from LA. And then, you know, they've got a, the, the rest of that team. I'm not going to go through all those guys. <laughs> um, <clears throat> they've gotten great goaltending out of Casey DeSmith, um, which I mean, who saw that coming, right? Matt Murray is, has been better. Uh, since coming back, um, but you know, I've I've actually I've I've heard some things out of Pittsburgh that there there might be an issue there with Matt Murray. Yeah, just just that um, he he might not be the happiest guy. So um, yeah, but he's played really well uh, over the last month, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know it's it's tough like to to believe that they're out of it, but the caliber at which Murray has played, I don't know that that's sustainable long-term. Cause I think he's played at like some like ridiculous clip, like a nine fifty or something. Right. Um, but that's like, that's a team with a, enough top end talent where you're just like, Oh, they'll make the playoffs. I don't know how far they go. Once they get there, I always say that playoffs are as much about matchups as anything else. Uh, and right now they would be matched up against Tampa Bay. What a first round series that would right. be. Yeah, no kidding, man. No, way better than Montreal and Columbus, which would be the other, <laughs> the other one. Yeah, that doesn't move the needle for me much. Right? Like it's like, uh, okay, I guess Bob versus Price. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be that would definitely be the poster the NHL would use. AJ, let's jump to uh, to one last break here when we come back. We're at the halfway point. You are getting ready to submit your, your PHWA midseason awards. I'm going to ask you about a couple of them. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit uh, and, and, and just kind of pick your brain, brain on four or five of them. Before we do jump to that break, guys, I just got to remind you about an awesome deal for BSN listeners, and it is some game-changing coffee that we are offering a deal for this time. Strava Craft Coffee is a CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives, and their reviews are incredible. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pains, arthritis, IBS, and it has even helped decrease anxiety. CBD is all-natural and non-psychoactive. And the coffee is so rich and tasty, we could not recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2018 at checkout, and you will get it shipped straight to your door. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Green Mountain Dental has a long-standing tradition of being one of Lakewood's best family dental care offices. since I was three, which is in 1974. You know, my parents, myself, and now my children all go there. It's just a great place to be, very positive experience with them, definitely. New patients can receive free teeth whitening trays when they schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Also, all colored sport mouth guards start at just $25. The doctors will come out and visit with you, um, ask you how your family is doing. You know, just very friendly and family oriented. It's just very comfortable to, to be there. That's GreenMountainDentalGroup.com. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Third final segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast and 
It's the third and final. Or it's, it's the final segment of the week. It's Friday. We are getting ready to head into the weekend. Final segment of the week. Final segment of the week. And AJ, I'm going to jump right in. I mentioned it at the end of, of last segment or at, at midseason award time. So I've got uh, five of the of, of the kind of the major awards here. And uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm not going to give you much time to research and much time to to be as thorough and diligent as you typically like to be. Yeah. Um, let's start with the Selkie. If, if, if you're having to submit a ballot today, which you kind of are, who's your Selkie? Who, who, Landis, who's Landis Cog. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Really? I, I'm, yep. I'm, this is a genuine reaction from me. I did not, I was not expecting that. Yep. Why? Uh, because uh, he's a wing having uh, elite shot impacts. Um, very, 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 very few forwards in the NHL have had the same level of uh, impact on uh, shot suppression and quality of shot suppression as Landeskog has had. And knowing that Landeskog largely plays uh, the center position defensively, he also takes the faceoffs uh, on his line. Uh, and uh, instead of just taking the left-handed ones, he started doing it on the right side as well. And he's winning face-offs at about, last time I checked, it was a 53, 54% clip, which is very good for a center, mm-hmm. uh, let alone the fact that he's a wing. Um, right. Mark Stone, very similar. Um, but the shot impacts for Landeskog are better than Patrice Bergeron, Andre Kopitar, uh, all those guys that you that you think of as uh, elite defensive forwards, uh, Mark Stone and Miko Koivu are the other two guys that I would have on my list. Give me your, and I'm going to ask for your top three on this one, just because I think number one is pretty obvious. Calder Memorial Trophy is its full name, Rookie of the Year. What's your what's your top three for Calder right now? <sighs> God, you know what? I honestly have not. Oh God, I haven't looked. Um, can I come back to this one here in a minute? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let me let me revisit this one because it's Elias Patterson running away, but I don't know who two and three would be. Yeah. Um, Vesna, who has been the best goalie uh, this season in your opinion? Vasilevsky. Yeah, and I think that one's pretty easy, right? Um. Yeah, I uh, Vasilevsky. I also think um, John Gibson has been unbelievable, con- considering the quality of the team in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest with you, Freddie Anderson's been really good too. And um, if 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 he was playing more uh, right now, he's basically uh, splitting. But Robin Leonard as well. Ro- I mean, Robin oh, Leonard's yeah, been yeah. unbelievably good. Yeah, so, he's, he's been great for the Isles. It's it's just that he. He's splitting. It's kind of like, uh, do you remember a couple years ago when Brian Elliott had that career year? We had like a 940 save percentage. We only played like 38 games. Right. Uh, right. For for me, it's it's tough to to give a Vesna to a guy that's in a platoon, mm-hmm. uh, despite how well he may be playing. So if Leonard were to take that job and, and run away with it uh, and the numbers would sustain... Uh, I would say Leonard would have a very good chance at moving up, but right now Vasilevsky is is the guy. Norris, who has been the best defenseman in uh, in your opinion so far this season? Uh, I just I'm going to apologize in advance because I know somebody's going to listen to this and not be happy with this answer. <laughs> uh, but Mark Giordano. Ugh, it's me. I'm the one who's not happy with that answer. I, I, there's going to be a handful of people that, that are not, but I know one person in particular is going to listen to this and just roll their eyes. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry. It's geo. He's been, he's just been unbelievable for them this year. Well, yeah, it's easy when you're ripping sticks out of people's hands. It's tough for anyone. Yeah, to that was so messed up, dude. And remember when we were watching it live, I was like, he just took the stick out of that guy's hand Yeah. and you saw it on replay and you were like, he did. <laughs> It was so ridiculous because uh, he fell funny. down. He, he his stick had broken. He's on. He's <laughs> swimming on the ice, and yeah, he reaches over yeah. and pulls Miko's stick straight out of his hands. Yeah, and I remember having was... that thought then. I was like, man, I'd be being talked about as a great defenseman too if everyone I was covering didn't have a stick. 
Uh, I would also say that uh, John Carlson's been insanely good this year. And um, you gotta, there's a, there's another guy that I think is probably flying way under the radar, but Matias Ekholm's having a career year. And I think he has been so, 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 so good for Nashville. Like, unsustainably good. <laughs> well, there you go. The last one is is obviously the one with the most debate. It'll be the one with the most debate right up till the end of the year. I've seen a couple abs players' names mentioned in this one. Uh, probably not uh, so much recently. Hart Trophy. Nathan McKinnon, a lot of people thought, should have won it last year. There was a, a good stretch this year where people were saying, all right, well, he's going to make up for it. Uh, Miko Rantanen's name has been mentioned there as well. Who is your Hart Memorial Trophy winner uh, as of right now, AJ? Uh, I've got Kucherov. Yeah. I I just think he's done <laughs> absolutely everything for that team. And while he's got, obviously, he's got a fair amount of help, uh, he's been insanely good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kucherov is just, I mean, he is in in a drink that's got a bunch of really good straws. He's like the daddy straw. <laughs> uh, I like that analogy. Miko Rantanen, <laughs> uh, Rantan, Nathan McKinnon, definitely not out of it. But you've no. got to you got to start winning, and 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 you've. You, They've got to be the driving force, but I think there's a good chance you see it. You know, you and I might be back in Vegas this summer covering another Av there trying to trying to win a Hart Trophy. Yeah, I uh, my top three right now would probably be uh, Kucherov, McKinnon, and um, Blake Wheeler. Taylor Hall won't be stealing it this year. So. Let's let's round this out. Let's circle back to your Calder. Are you ready to answer? Uh, yeah, I've got uh, Pedersen, Darlene, and Heiskanen. All right, yeah, I like that. I don't, uh, I don't have any, I don't have any problems with that. Uh, Miko Rantanen still second in the NHL, by the way, with seventy-one points. Nathan McKinnon not far behind him with sixty-eight. AJ, this has been a, a short segment, especially compared to the last two. Anything else to add for us today? Uh, I mean, if you just keep throwing topics at me, I'm super hyped up right now. So if you just keep throwing topics at me, I can just keep talking. (laughs) Um, we'll round it out. I'm putting you on the spot. We'll we'll round it out with this. Uh, what are you expecting out of Tyson Jost in the AHL? There's a lot of people on Twitter saying, oh, this is just going to crush his confidence. I'm, I'm more of the opinion of, Hey, look, you're going to get this kid in a situation. This is a what people need to know is this is a great kid. Holy smokes, is, is Tyson Jost a great kid? This isn't something that he's you're not gonna see Tyson Jost throwing a hissy fit over this. Uh, you're not gonna see him pounding the table. I'm expecting him to go down there and and really try to take advantage of of getting big minutes, going purely based on what they what they were rolling out today at morning skate. There's reason to believe that he's probably gonna start on a line. With uh, with Martin Cowden, AJ Greer, uh, I think this is a good opportunity for Joe. What are you expecting out of him um, in the AHL here with the Eagles? Uh, I really, I honestly don't know. Uh, they're putting him back at center, and to me, that says that's the position they truly want him trying to succeed at is in the center spot. Um, which I think is it's it's. I think it's really interesting. They keep trying to do that. They keep trying to kind of force this. Uh, I don't know that his skating will ever allow him to kind of be the center that they want him to be. Um, I'm, I'm, I really don't have expectations. Like you said, he's a great kid. Uh, I definitely am not worried about him getting like, I don't think this is going to shatter his confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows he can play and I think he's going to get down there and it might take him a game or two to figure it out. But I think all of a sudden it, it's going to click for him that he's like, Oh, I'm better than a lot of these guys. Right. And and some of the issues that he's finding in the NHL, you know, the game's moving really fast. He's not he doesn't have the confidence on a shift to shift uh basis. Um some of the areas where he's not succeeding, I think uh I think he's going to he'll probably find the back of the net. Uh I think what he'll definitely do is um get a get a couple of assists. Um uh, but playing next to to Cout, I think will be good because that's 
uh, I think that's a future line mate for him. Um, mm-hmm. a, very realistically, a future line mate for him in the NHL. Um, I think that them building up some chemistry is only a good thing. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do together. And obviously with, uh, with Greer, it should be a fun line. It should be a fun group to watch. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm really just, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't have any real expectations for, for Jost. I, I just, I hope, I hope he handles it well. And I, I hope that it goes well for him. I hope he gets down. I think it'll probably take him a game or two to figure it out and, and just to kind of get comfortable. Um, but, you know, ideally he goes down there and he throws up a five point night and, you know, he's, he, he just <laughs> destroys, right? Like it would be great just to see him look like the best player on the ice again. Cause it feels like it's been so long. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I hope I hope he kind of rediscovers the mojo, but it's gonna be interesting. I hope the I hope hope the best. Uh, I'll be there tonight, as you mentioned. You know, depending on how bad the the snow may or may not be, um, right. but I'm planning on being there tonight to uh to to talk to him and to cover him and and see how things go. Uh, well, yeah, then I'll tell you what. I, Let's let's jump out of here so you can get ready and, and get on the road because it's uh, it'll be seven o'clock before you know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, true. It is already three o'clock. So yeah. Any any final thoughts? Any last words to take us out for today? Uh, anybody that strongly disagrees with any of my awards picks, you're welcome to let me know. But you know, at least give me good reasoning. <laughs> because uh, if there's one thing that I've learned over the last 12 months, it's that trying to pick these awards is actually hard. Yeah. Um, and, and especially for like the Norris and stuff like that's everybody views that stuff so differently. Um, you know, the value of defense and, and, you know, Oh, it's not just about the, the guy being, uh, the guy, the guy that scores the most, you know, we need a defensive defenseman award or, you know, whatever, right. you know, I, I, I think, um, there's, there's lots and lots and lots of value, uh, defensively in guys that produce a lot of offense. Like I would take, for example, if I was voting on a Norris, um, which obviously I, I mean, I'm voting on the half year one. Um, like I would take a guy like Barry over a guy like Nemeth, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just saying an offensive defenseman over a defensive defenseman. That was probably a bad example, but, Mm. um, I would, you know, maybe a better example. I don't actually have no idea what kind of points Anton Strawman is producing anymore, but he used to be a guy that would produce like 25 points and play phenomenal defense. Um, that's a guy that is kind of like the perfect, like walks the line mm-hmm. uh, between producing solid defense, um, high level defense and uh, enough offense to be meaningful. Uh, you don't want those like 15 point guys. Cause that's, I mean, 15 points is just nothing, man. Especially when you're playing 20 minutes every night, like you've got to be just downright useless offensively to chip <laughs> in like that, especially with the way they give out second assists in this league. It's, that stuff is just crazy to me. Um, I would say uh, I've, I've always been a guy that's kind of shaded more towards uh, offensive defensemen being more valuable, but especially in this league, like look at a guy like Shea Theodore, you know, uh, I didn't have him on my, on my list on my, my uh, Norris list, but like, that's a guy right now. If you go and look at his numbers, he's having an unbelievable season. Yeah. Like, by far one of the most impressive seasons of anybody out there. Uh, but the, the, the scoring isn't, isn't high enough, you know, and especially as an offensive defenseman, um, you need to be able to produce those points, you know, at an elite level, as well as playing good defense and whatever. But like Shea Theodore is a guy that I would say, keep a, keep an eye on him as a guy to make a strong run towards that Norris in the second half. Cause he is, he's awesome. With that, 
We're going to go ahead and jump out of here on a uh, snowy Friday afternoon. AJ, drive safely up to uh, to Loveland and, and uh, yeah, let us know what's going on there with, the, with those Eagles. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That'll be a great time. For AJ Hayfley, I'm Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we hope all of you guys have a have a great weekend.